0: Hey there, Bex here with another tale of harrowing adventure from my best friend Jessica, aka the magical girl Crystal Lady. But in order to tell that story, I also have to tell you what her brother told me too. Nate can deny it all he wants, but Jessica is his sister. It all begins with Nate entering the KIJU studio and finding it dark.
1: Huh? Oh, very funny, Jimmy. What are you gonna do? Sneak up behind me as part of some kirk foo training? What? Nobody's here? Jimmy? Jimmy! Did you fall asleep in the producer booth again? Empty too? Ugh. Jimmy, we go on the air in 30 minutes. I NEED MY INTREPID PRODUCER TO DO SOME INTREPID PRODUCING!
2: Uh, Mr. Marchant?
0: Nate turns around and sees a pretty girl standing in the doorway. She's wearing Monster Island's new orange women's uniform that has a thigh-length skirt. She holds a manila envelope in her hand. Her brown hair is pulled into a bun and she looks at him with puzzled
2: gray eyes.
1: Never seen you before.
2: It's my first week here. My name's Saskia Messer.
1: Nice to meet you. Are you in the communications department?
2: No, I'm just here to give you a memo from Mr. Winter.
1: You couldn't be bothered to email it?
0: Saskia hands Nate the manila envelope. He opens it in a huff.
1: Ugh, this isn't a memo. It's a bunch of memos.
2: Oh? What about?
1: The grand opening of the Crater Eye Cafe? Christmas festivities, a press release about Monarch Outpost 83's first Mothra DNA extraction.
2: Oh, is that where it's being kept? I don't know, I'm- Too busy stealing my sister's job is what you were going to say, right? Jessica
0: gently shoves Saskia aside. Nate's eyes widen at seeing her wearing an orange jumpsuit. So grimy, it's almost brown. She's wearing her blue wig and her crystal moth barrette, her secret transformation device,
2: glints in the phony hair.
1: I've been dreading this since yesterday.
2: You should! My suspension is over. I did my time for helping the poor Emir escape. And now, the board's given my job to
1: you? I'm pretty sure it was Winter's decision.
2: I don't care! I'm great at that, no, my job. People thought I was too young.
1: Ah, uh, You're a two-year-old clone of me.
2: Doesn't matter. People told me I was the best tourism director they'd ever worked with.
1: I know. I've only gotten complaints from them since your duties were delegated to me.
2: I don't care if you're trying to expose Win Saskia, can you let my pseudo-sister
1: and I talk for a bit?
2: I was just about to ask if I could be excused. Thank you. You nearly blew my cover. Don't make this about your lofty mission. You did this for yourself. Oh yeah,
1: I totally wanted a job with twice the workload.
2: Ever think Winter and the board figured everything out and are just toying with you?
1: The thoughts crossed my mind.
2: And you're still doing it? What's more important to you? Your sister? Pseudo sister! Oh, my well being or your hero complex? Hero complex? You heard me. I lost my job and got transferred to Kaiju Waste Management. Waste Management!
1: That explains the smell.
2: How am I supposed to impress the cute boys if I smell like a Kaiju barn?
1: You mean Gary? The year 2022.
2: Senpai won't notice a stinky, demoted peasant girl like me. I was a princess once.
0: One of the first things she said when she was born was that she was a princess. But even I don't know if that's true.
1: (sighs) Do I have to pull a big pseudo-brother and-
2: There you go again with the hero complex. Huh? What? Winter's a jerk but he hasn't been nearly as bad as the board. You don't need to solve everyone's problems. It just makes new ones.
1: Yeah, well, maybe I like moving up in the company. Maybe I deserve it after everything I've been through.
0: Jess glances at one of the memos dangling out of the folder in Nate's hand.
2: (laughs) Is that what Jimmy thinks? I don't know, he isn't here yet. Jess grabs the loose paper and shoves it in Nate's face. Here's why. You ratted him out, and now he's in jail. What the hension? Nate takes the paper and reads it. It's
1: a press release saying Jimmy was arrested for harboring a known war criminal. A zillion woman he found in a wrecked flying saucer donated to the island. Winter says he was tipped off by me.
2: Sounds like we'll have a lot to discuss tonight after I finish my next crappy shift on my crappy new job. If I feel like talking to you at all! I... No! We're done.
0: Nate stands silently for a few long seconds before tossing the folder in the air and letting the papers rain down like huge snowflakes.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Brendan and the Medders are on their way to KIJU. (sighs) Okay, first things first. I'll text Jet Jaguar and ask him to fill in for Jimmy. (sighs) Jimmy. He and that zillion woman are being held at the island's detention center. Hopefully, Captain Gordon will let me visit this afternoon.
0: He spends a few minutes gathering all the memos he tossed, but he notices one is missing.
1: Where's the Mothra DNA press release? I was going to read it on the air.
0: Little did he know that someone had taken it. But we'll get to that next time, kaiju lovers.
1: Live from the KIJU studios in beautiful Ogasawara, this is the Monster Island Film Vault, episode 75. Ebera Horror of the Deep, featuring Brendan Morley and The Metters. Hello, kaiju lovers, and welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. I am your host, Monster Island's media master, Nate Marchand. But unfortunately, everyone's favorite intrepid producer is not with me today, because reasons but we seem to have a suitable substitute today (coughs) yes mr jet jaguar unfortunately i don't think anyone here other than me is going to understand what he's saying because i am the only one who has studied any jet speak and i am far from fluent unlike jimmy (sighs) That might be a little bit of a problem, but what are you going to do this last second? But speaking of (laughs) guests I have with me here today, I have three because I needed to add one to return a favor for the first guy that we're talking to today. He is the host of the YouTube show slash podcast, Autistic Lizard Productions, Brendan Morley. Hi,
3: Nathan. Is is. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is very excited.
1: I, I I'm I'm glad to have you on, sir, and you, you, we added you because you had me on your show recently. I wanted to return the favor, so I made arrangements for you to make a little trip over here to Monster Island. We get to talk about your favorite Godzilla film.
3: That's right, and 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 I'm glad you, that you join on my show. That we talked about Godzilla against Mega Godzilla, the mm-hmm. Phantom Events
1: yeah you know, for the for the big uh, Godzilla day screening. yeah yeah and you uh, we were talking about that actually before we went on the air. you had a good time. you went to
3: your local screening, right? right. It was very fun. It was quite an experience and-, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also with me today are a pair
1: of returning guests I've been wanting to get them back on for a hot minute to say the least. my old school chum and my apparently big sister. I'm not sure how to feel about that because I already have one unwanted little pseudo sister. Joe and Joy Matter.
4: Hello, fans.
1: Yes, and possibly, apparently Kermit as well.
4: Yeah, I, I can actually show my my voice because Disney can't catch me at this island. Ha! Ah! <laughs> you have... Uh, you have
1: I, not diplomatic community is just uh, monster island is one of the few places outside of disney's jurisdiction is that how this works
4: yeah it's really hard to get here and i don't think the, the pixie dust flies this far ah uh, that's good to know although
1: watch out for cameron winter he's another rich windbag who might try to copyright you or something
5: okay i have a problem with your statement Uh,
1: which statement i've made a lot
5: well we won't talk about your life but
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I live a very strange one let me tell you
5: (laughs) no i am not your pseudo sister no that's jessica okay i was gonna say because then we'd have a problem because yeah i'm definitely your big sister
1: right by two months because time
5: travel shenanigans no because i'm just older than you and wiser
1: because two months makes such a difference.
5: It does. Hey, come on. Ha- talking about, like, twins that were born and one, you know, gets the right to be the king and the other person doesn't. And that's only, like, five minutes. So. Yeah, that was, like, only five minutes.
1: I think I'm going to take you to uh, with the, uh, to the infirmary here and have the scientists do a DNA check because I'm not sold on this concept. <laughs> I didn't say we were biological. Oh, I see how this works. Oh, so so you identify as my sister? Is that how this <laughs> I works?
5: Identify as your sister. <laughs> I will say that it's very nice to not have to deal with Jimmy.
1: I mean, I thought it was water under the bridge. I mean, you saved you know. his life from Dimegine, and I thought everything was cool. But
5: well, you know, I, you know, as as when I used to fence, they would say you want to kill your friends, not hurt your friends i wanted to disable him not kill him
1: uh well i'm sure jimmy is doing okay because reasons anyway uh, i just found out this morning hence why poor jed is here although jed has not been feeling very well either yeah he might be a little broken i i can't necessarily account for everything he says just so you know Jet, that was... I I believe that was some form of profanity, but I don't... Jet, calm the frick down, okay? Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Gosh. At least he's not randomly blurting pop culture references. That was a problem he was having. Because reasons. Anyway, so we've already hinted at it with Brendan over here. We are talking about his favorite Godzilla film, Ebro Horror of the Deep, AKA Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. This is one of the ones that went under multiple titles, which makes it a little bit confusing to say the least.
4: Actually, the Japanese title makes a lot more sense.
1: Eborah uh, Horror of the Deep?
4: Yeah. When I was watching it with joy, I was like, okay, where's Godzilla? He's not really in this, is he? <laughs> and then, then halfway through, you're, oh, he's been napping this entire time. Yes. Because even the King of the Monsters needs nap time. Yeah.
1: Apparently. But but, Ebra is the name of the shrimp, the lobster, the crab. Whatever he is, no one can agree. I think he's supposed to be a lobster, a shrimp, not a lobster. I want to say he's a lobster. He's a red lobster, apparently. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's already starting. <laughs>
4: it's how the red lobster gets the never-ending...
1: A never-ending shrimp bowl.
4: Yeah.
1: They, they just harvested off of Ebera. Yeah. Fun fact: Ebera comes back in Godzilla Final Wars and gets killed by superpowered humans.
4: I thought Godzilla like disarmed him as in like ripped off his claws.
1: No, they made another movie, they brought him back, and then
4: superpowered humans killed him.
5: That's what they want you to think.
1: I'm friends with one of the guys who did it. <laughs>
5: Oh, okay, well. <laughs> Wait, one of the guys who actually tore off one of the limbs? No, he. they shot him a lot. Hmm. It's in a
1: different movie. Wait, they
5: shot your friend a lot?
1: No, they shot the lobster a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a different movie. <laughs> anyway, Brendan knows what I'm talking about. Brendan, I'm going to need you. <laughs> I'm going to need you, for, man, because you and I are the, are the actual fans, and these are just the noobs that I'm just trying to introduce this <laughs> stuff okay, to. Okay, we're
5: not noobs. We just... <laughs> Cara. don't
1: worry i had your back <laughs> He's uh, see brendan's my wingman for this episode
5: <laughs> okay okay <laughs> well then you know we can just go home
1: no can you can't go home. no you're not allowed <laughs> jet might be broken but he's gonna bar that door <laughs> see i think he said yes
4: with what's left of his body
1: no, 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 no. His body's fine. It's it's the brain. Oh, okay. The computer brain that's not had the best of days.
4: Brains. I don't think there's robotic zombies, honey.
1: But speaking of robots, this is actually going to be very interesting because we all saw a slightly different version of the film today. We are covering the whole gamut.
5: How do you go from robots to... Because you watched
1: MST3K. There are robots in that.
5: Uh- Okay. Yeah. I well, I get okay. I was
1: getting there. I was getting there, but being really... the obnoxious older sister, you <laughs> <laughs> apparently are.
5: No, I
6: was actually really <laughs> confused.
1: I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, you watched the MST3K version, which actually featured the AIP dub and a slight edit of the film. It's a, it's actually they re-edited the thing a little bit, which we'll talk about. Okay. I watched it subtitled, and Brendan oh. over here watched the international dub made in
3: Hong Kong on the cheap.
4: Oh well that must have been really really awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then, and it's one of my favorite English dubs growing up watching since I was a kid. Oh you
1: grew up on that dub. Okay. So I grew up on the AIP dub that you guys watched on MST3K.
5: And I grew up on Star Wars.
4: I had that too uh, uh, wrong movie franchise
5: i know my point is i didn't grow up on this stuff
1: i understand and unfortunately jimmy is not here to appreciate your star wars references see he was good for something despite what you thought <laughs> and his abject hatred of the prequels anyway oh we're here so I think, before we dive into this, since we all saw a different version, and I wanted—I have to entice you guys with MST3K anymore these days.
4: <laughs> I would have not watched on a normal dub or even subtitled. Ah, well,
1: I can make that happen. But anyway, Brendan. Brendan, give us the lowdown on this movie. What happens in it? I will make sure to loop in some awesome music.
3: Okay, so... Bef- like we all know this film was supposed to be a Kong film but Rick and Bass said uh, they just didn't like that idea of having Kong in it
6: mm-hmm. so
3: here's like the original plot for this film like at after y- y- Yota's brother Yata was lost in sea and they 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 sailed a, a-, a yacht boat uh, with with his two friends, uh, and they found the bank robber, who was played by you know, our favorite star, who, was sadly passed away a few months ago. Yeah,
1: Keratakarana.
3: Yeah, I like that guy. He is so awesome. And and then they and then when they stuck on a tropical storm, and they found Eberus Claw, and they, and they, yes, and they they landing on a tropical island, and then and they found the the ran bamboos uh, s- station and they kidnapped some of the natives from an island and then later one of the natives escape and then they meet up with the we meet up with the good guys and they and they actually found king kong sleeping in a cave like you mean godzilla they, yep yeah, <laughs> yep and they and they try to wake King Kong up by some uh, lightning in the same way they in King Kong versus Godzilla and because uh, I don't know if this is like the same King Kong from you know, versus Godzilla but but it is the same one I mean and then he wakes up and he fights Ebera and and then and then later and they, they the one of the, the native islander was ran into Kong on a on a hilltop, and then he, suddenly Kong just, you know, Sears sort or of picked up the native natives just like in the original film King Kong. Then later, they you know, Kong fights a giant condor mutated bird, and they fights it, and then he this and Kong you know, destroys the Ren Bamboo's base, and, and then. And they put, like, like, the Ren Babu just set for, like, a, you know, a, a evacuation to, to set a nuclear bomb to destroy the island, like, to evacuate, like, the time bomb. And and then, you know, later, Kong fights Ebera again, and Kong finally ripped out his, Eberra's claws, and suddenly the back on infant island when the natives are trying to wake mothra up by singing and Mm -hmm. and they and mothra did and and so then mothra flies over kong and and kong's kong doesn't even know who mothra is and kong decides to fight her and but mothra doesn't have time so the mothra just rescued the, the the native islanders and from the island exploding. But King Kong finally escapes. And and then swims ashore to Infant Island. For his new home. Right after the island finally exploded and disappeared.
6: Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's
3: how the story was supposed to be originally goes.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they did what... Well, if this was written now, what you'd do is you would go find replace and just change King Kong to Godzilla, and it was the exact same story. Wow, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was kind of wacky. There's a little bit of disagreement. Thank you very much for re- uh, for sharing that with us, Brendan. But uh, there's a little bit of disagreement over what was going on. Basically, Toho at this point had the rights to make King Kong films from Rankin Bass, which is when they they got those in 1962 they made King Kong versus Godzilla which just made the bucket loads of money it's the highest grossing Godzilla film of all time and one of the highest grossing Japanese films ever at this point it's in the top 100 at the very least and but they had to spend a bunch of money to get the rights from RKO to do it and they got it to have them for five years. They can make as many Kong movies as they wanted in five years. Well, this is 1966. And they're like, oh, crap, that expires <laughs> really soon. We need to make another movie. And then this was made. And then this, there's different stories. One says that they gave the script. It was written by Shinichi Sekizawa. They gave the script to RKO. They didn't like it. it said, go talk to Rankin Bass. Yes, Rankin Bass. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. Those guys, and they said, "Hey, we're making a, we're having Toei make a King Kong anime called the Kong Show, the King Kong Show." But this isn't like the show all that much, so why don't you make a? So we, uh, we don't like that script. Make another one. And some say that they took it to Rankin Bass first, and they didn't like it for the same reason. So there's a little bit of confusion over the details, but what they all agree on is that the script was rejected. But they'd already made the suit for the shrimp, crab, lobster, (laughs) whatever he is. They'd already made the suit. They're like, well, we got to do something. Just put Godzilla in it. We need a new Godzilla movie. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) And they did make a Kong movie the next year that had a, a mad scientist and a giant robot gorilla. Because that's what you do
5: for the love of science.
1: Of course. And now Jimmy has a newfangled version of that robot gorilla in his garage because again that's what you do. Anyway, so that's all the background which is why Godzilla's a little weird in this, right, Brendan? Right. Yeah. That's why that you you mentioned the lightning cuz King Kong got revived by lightning and King Kong versus Godzilla when Godzilla has been shown to not really appreciate lightning before this i mean uh, electricity before this
4: yeah i th- i thought they were really going for the the back to the future vibe back to
1: the future how so <laughs>
4: well the oh the we, lightning bolt you need the lightning bolt for the to get the gigawatts <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts <laughs>
1: So i have to meme that now you realize that yes you it's do. like he's like doc we gotta wake up godzilla what's it gonna take 1.21 gigawatts
5: yeah i want to know why they just didn't throw a rock at him because they did they, it didn't work didn't, well no they threw a, a small rock at him and that made his heart come back up somehow magically apparently he was dead but not dead because science because <laughs> um, science <laughs> But then electricity did it. So deep sleep, yeah.
1: Deep sleep, yeah. That's a very deep sleep there. He was, he was. Godzilla was so cranky. He he beat up a giant shrimp. I mean, I'm sure all of us have had mornings like that, right, Brendan? Well, we wake up, we're so cranky, we just beat up a giant shrimp. You know, we just walk over to the kitchen, open the refrigerator, we just punch the
4: shrimp that's sitting in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always like to keep a, a some live shrimps around just to beat up with. <laughs>
1: Uh, just hope that they're not. I can't remember what it's called. I hopefully they're not in that crab and lobster fighting game that exists on Steam.
5: Okay, it,
1: I'm not kidding. It is real, and one of the most of the stages are like are like kitchens or dining room tables. There is one that is that looks like a city, so they're supposed to be kaiju, and they can pick up things like like guns and knives to fight each other. All righty um, now then. Uh, 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 <laughs> listeners, you you should see the look on Joe's face. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Either that or he's going to go check steam as soon as he gets back to the States.
4: <laughs> I Yeah, I don't think we can get steam out here, but it, <laughs> it's worth a check out just for the interesting, like, what the heck.
5: <laughs> yeah, just, like, look up Goat Simulator and get ready to waste, like, 24 hours. I'm just warning you. totally random i know nothing to do with our actual podcast
1: no i don't know there's probably a goat kaiju out there somewhere (laughs) somewhere anyway (laughs) Uh, and then that's also why godzilla is uh, acts a little bit weird later where he seems kind of interested in Dio, because he's supposed to be king kong and if that was king kong you probably would have picked her up right brendan
3: right and and Dio is Godzilla's first love entrance.
1: If you can call her that. <laughs> Maybe. It's weird. It's really weird. Although the, the, Dio is played by Kumi Mizuno who's a was a very popular actress at the time, especially with Toho. She was in a lot of Toho films mm-hmm. at the time. She's still around. Lovely woman. Yeah. She was very pretty. Yeah, she was, oh, she was definitely some eye candy there. But uh, she was not the first choice, though. Weirdly enough, as popular as she was, she was not their first choice. No, nope, she wasn't. Yeah, I'm trying to find the original actress's name here really quick. It was Noriko was her first name. She was only 19. She played a native girl in a TV show called Ultra Q. Which is why they wanted her in the movie. But then she got appendicitis <laughs> and couldn't finish so they had to use kumi mizuno at the last minute takahashi Nariko takahashi so some fun facts for you there
3: yeah and i gotta say that kumi mizuno did an amazing job playing the beautiful island native girl
1: mm-hmm. yeah that was a little popular at the time this was the they, they'd done islands with natives before with mothra and stuff like that they were switching over to doing island settings like this. There's going to be a lot of Toho movies and a couple more Godzilla movies that did island settings because they could save money. Yeah. Yeah. The They these movies were not pulling in the box office that they used to at this point. A lot of reasons for that, which I might get into a little later. But that's why they're doing it, because island sets are cheaper than cityscapes.
5: Well, and I feel like it also gives it a different vibe when you are f- going from a city to a smaller <laughs> island. So that part I did find like that it kind of it gave it a different vibe. Right. Which, because if you're doing islands, you can have a different vibe with each one easier than you can do in a big cityscape anyway.
1: I can see that. But yeah, this is kind of considered the, the start of the island series of Godzilla films. That went all the way through the rest of the 60s, included the infamous Godzilla's Revenge, which is not as bad, nearly as bad as people want to say it is. Right, Brandon? Well, I don't know right. how you feel about it.
3: Well, yeah. Well, this is my first film. This is my first Godzilla film watching Godzilla fight Ebora before I discover Ebora Horror of the Deep. Oh, really? Yep, it's true.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but and yeah, they never name the what the version you guys watched, they never gave the shrimp a name. Oh, okay. They never gave that's but it that's the thing's name is happy and uh it's derived from the Japanese word for shrimp. Ebi.
4: Yeah.
5: I still say it's a lobster. It had clickety-clackety claws.
1: Asymmetrical design too. One was a big club and one was just the the pokey.
4: <laughs> the pokey claw. <laughs> that he would use to spear tiny humans and eat them. Yeah, that, he, he had some skill to get those skewers on. Yeah, he did. and
5: Literally shish kebabbing.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, I see how you like the shish kebabbing, hmm? humans. <laughs> but, but, which is interesting because that was the first time that we, that Toho ever had a kaiju that actually ate people on screen
5: okay so here's my question because obviously we watched a different version like okay so when i was first watching it it felt more like uh pre-electric when the mom is asking the wise woman or whatever she is if her son's still alive and then it goes from that to uh dance scene a more modern setting like a way more modern setting and i'm like wait a minute Like I didn't understand that that was the brother until they were on the boat and he says, "I have to go find my brother." So, like, I think what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes into the movie, not even that. No, okay, I don't know how. I'm horrible judging time. It was still. I just didn't understand what the heck was happening.
1: I can tell you why, because that's where some of the cuts were made (laughs) for that for that version. Was this was it. this wasn't released theatrically in the States, although one of my sources claimed that it was it was shown in a couple of theaters by Continental Pictures. It went straight to TV oh, Okay. in the United States. It was shown theatrically in Japan. But uh, and I actually got to see it. Were you there, Brendan? Did you did you get to see it at G Fest? They showed it at G Fest this year. Actually, I didn't. Oh, you should have went. It was fun. But it was went straight to TV in the United States. And they cut out a whole scene with Yata trying to go to a newspaper to see if they could help him with, like, missing persons or something like that. And they're like, this kid's looking for his brother. We don't know what's going on, but he won't go away. And then he sees a poster about a dance contest where the prize was a boat because...
4: His brother was lost at sea, and he needed to get a boat to go look okay. for his brother. So there was a poster in the background with like the boat thing, but they never translated it. So we're just like, what's going on?
1: Yeah, we're- that's one of the things that got lost. Also, in the version you guys saw, they moved a scene of Ebora attacking a boat. That is from later in the movie, and you can tell it is because that has the same name as the boat that they find later. Eh. But that was supposed to be his brother getting attacked at sea. Right. Because they wanted to show that at the beginning, because in the Japanese version, they just play the credits. And then the first scene is the mother with the quote unquote psychic. It was more oh, like a, it was more like a medium.
5: That sense of showing the boat being destroyed first makes more sense. Yeah.
3: I totally yes. agreed.
1: Really? You like the, you like the boat at the beginning?
3: Yeah, well I like both versions.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah. But the but I do think cutting out the scene at the beginning and just going straight to the dance, that is a li- in retrospect, it's a little
4: jarring.
5: It's a little jarring and you're like, I don't even understand why are they at a dance and there's a boat and what the world is it's going like on?
4: Some boat was destroyed and we're having a dance off. Let's Okay, cool. There is a part of me that and I don't know about
1: you, Joy, but, you know, getting into ballroom dance, there was a part of was like, I wonder if I could have won.
5: <laughs> no one does that anymore. No, but I all I was thinking is like what you do is you would want to dance like really small movements to conserve mm-hmm. your energy, conserve
1: energy. Yeah.
5: But then again, like, you know, if I was 19, I probably would have been fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the actor playing Yata was only like 15 or 16. And they made this movie, mm-hmm. which was the other thing that's interesting about this is that this is a huge departure, not just in terms of the setting and the the budgets that they were a lot of, but it's a completely different creative team. Oh, OK. Yeah. So everyone behind the camera is almost completely new. It's a different composer, Masaru Sato. It's not Akira Fukabe. It's a new director, Jun Fukuda, who, <laughs> who directed five Godzilla movies, and he hated every single one of them. But he hated, but he was very self-deprecating. He basically hated everything he made. (laughs) But he was known for doing action movies and comedies. Okay. Like, the year before this, he made a spy spoof called 100 Shot, 100 Killed, which in the United States is called Iron Finger. You can actually watch it on the Criterion Channel in the United States. And it's a James Bond spoof.
5: Uh, Nice.
1: Yeah. and he he claims
5: the James Bond music...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, from Masaru Sato. Yeah, yeah, his music is really different. It's much more jazzy and poppy compared yeah. to the very orchestral Akira Fukube.
3: Yeah, and I totally love the music for Horror the Deep. It's like one of my favorite music soundtracks from the film, which is why I'm upset
1: that this Best of Godzilla compilation CD I got had no music from this movie in it. Ah.
3: Mm. And I definitely love the, the, the dance contest music scene of the film. I mean, it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a Batman theme. And the, uh, like,
4: yeah, there was, what there I'm saying jokes. is
3: like, yeah, what, what I'm saying is this, the music is like between the Batman theme and the Beach Boys. And <laughs> Beach Boys. That, yeah, kind of <laughs> like mixed between.
4: <laughs> I Yeah, there was definitely a few jokes from the, the bots in the Mystery Science Theater version, like, as they were going like
3: Batman,
4: <laughs> Batman. It was like the Batman theme at that point. I, I have know.
1: to meme that now. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: I do want to talk about the dance contest part. I mean, oh really? What? They, they like, like in the film, they said this: the dance contest that you had to win a a yacht boat to uh, to earn it. Yeah, if you dance for like three days something it was, you... just, it
4: was, it was the last one standing it was the last one standing.
1: but i think I mean, they said
3: they've been going for three days
1: which makes no freaking sense but I yeah say, i mean no that's why
3: i was saying i mean like, like like if you keep keep on dancing without being exhausted or that you if you would get exhausted you'll lose and if you just keep going on and on you'll win i mean and they said it's been three days as they do it i mean That's impossible. I mean, how would they keep up after three days? I mean, it's not possible.
4: It's yeah, there's there's two like ballroom dancers and then me that's like half of one. (coughs) As in, I know what to do, but I don't go often. There is no way to to do even hours of stamina. Like I, I would say maybe six hours, eight hours at the most that you can do is stamina. And that's if you're like doing this a lot well, they really got breaks
5: if you're like going as hard as they were going i mean if you were only doing small movements i could see but them being that energetic after three days no yeah way.
1: no way yeah so like i said we and the special effects ag Superio was credited but it was just an honorary thing he was working on tv at this point hmm and it was uh, Teriyoshi Nakano and uh, Sadamasa. I can't remember. Arikawa Sadamasa, I think it was, was his name. Jimmy, if he gets a chance to write his blog, will probably correct me. Uh, they were the ones working on the effects this time. However, you guys did see, because you were here for the original Godzilla, there's a couple of familiar faces in this movie for you.
5: Yeah. That, yeah I...
1: The thief and the, com- oh. and the, uh, the commander oh yeah
5: yeah yeah okay now that you see it i'm like okay yeah now i remember
1: yeah because the thief is kira takarada who was in the original godzilla film he was the sailor who was in love with the girl that the scientist wanted and it was yeah. engaged to the scientist right. with the eye patch yeah. and harada who played the scientist with the eye patch is the other guy with an eye patch in this movie But well, what's hilarious is he switched eyes <laughs>
4: that is funny <laughs>
1: But he's like the dragon squad commander or something like that in this one (laughs) yeah i
3: i just notice it
1: (laughs) but yeah yeah it's a it's a different eye it cracks me up knowing that (laughs) i think uh the video that you were mentioning i watched a bit of it and he said that i like to think him i like to think in my fan fiction that this is sarazawa getting revenge on ogata for stealing his girl i love that <laughs> <laughs> because I the only one who got gi joe vibes watching red bamboo in this
4: it, they did have a very cobra feel to
1: them a very cobra feel <laughs> and the art we got our scooby gang running around always being able to get away no matter what my gosh come on they they let the thief Actually, turn around and talk to the uh, to the other characters, and he still very conspicuously pulls a smoke bomb out of his coat and throws it at them.
5: <laughs>
1: and they apparently all learned to shoot at stormtrooper school.
5: <laughs> I was yeah, it's like stormtrooper syndrome. <laughs> they,
1: can't, they can't hit anything.
4: <laughs> it, it's a desert island, or it's a, it's a tropical island a lot of heat a lot of haze
1: (laughs) you're making you're making excuses for the terrorists
4: i'm saying it would be hard to shoot in that environment
5: i also would like to understand you know like i felt like you know in the video game where there's a whole bunch of ammo and you know that there's going to be a battle battle or something yeah like with the the machete like when they first climb the cliff and like there's a random machete that just happens to be right there yeah, there's <laughs> a random
4: like short sword and, we're, and with nothing else around is like well that bodes well for the rest
5: <laughs> that
1: so was actually the point that was actually one of the points where the dub is or it becomes very different because i think in the aip dub that you watched the the guy who gets it freaks out and says cannibals I think it was cannibals. Yeah, it was no, he bad said bad. Savages, he says savages. But in the other, but in the subtitles and the and in the international dub, he says cannibals.
5: Well, no, he says <laughs> like they we're not alone on the island. They could be savages. Be careful, and they could be cannibals. Cannibals. Oh, okay.
3: like, that's like, like one of my the
5: same sentence.
3: Like that's one of my favorite scenes in the film. Like when they find the sword. Yeah, especially international dub. He says. Can-
1: <laughs> Scoop! <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, it kind of gives a, a little Scooby Doo moment. This whole movie
1: is so Scooby. They're sneaking around it behind bushes and just moving the bushes.
5: I know. I'm like, <laughs> you, you're so loud that the people from the next continent can hear you, okay?
1: And Dio has got the little bird and she's just like, wee! and the bird distracts the movie's not meant to be taken seriously just so you know the movie is not taking itself seriously so there's not a terrorist
4: organization on tropical islands there might be i don't know if they're still around well i i mean that was the most believable part that there would be yeah probably although you want to know what's really
1: interesting some people have theorized that red bamboo has connections to communist china the airplanes
4: that they use those models
1: yeah in the movie those are chinese planes
4: well that would make sense communism was sweeping the world at that time yeah
1: and china and japan don't like each other
4: no no there's definitely some bad blood for the last couple of years at
1: least. yeah yeah and interestingly I, I i actually interviewed the creator of this fan comic he's working on the final issue i hope it gets made but yes this almost happened FYI, this almost happened. It's interesting that we're talking about it in connection to this because this was supposedly getting put together at the same time as this. Batman meets Godzilla.
5: Okay, that would be interesting.
1: And it would have been the Adam West Batman huh? with this version of Godzilla. This is a a story. Godzilla wins. Flawless victory. This is a, I'm just saying, this is a story treatment that exists. And I interviewed a guy who is doing a fan comic based on that. He's working on the last issue right now, and the bad guys in it are Red Bamboo, the guys in this movie. Dun, dun, dun.
3: And I also want to talk about the Red Bamboo. It's like, like in the the two dub versions, like like in the in the television dub version, they they just call him call them the soldiers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, yeah, they didn't but, give them a name. Yeah. But, but they call them the Ram bamboo in the international dub version and the Jap original Japanese.
1: Yeah. The, that's the thing about the dubs is that it's, there's advantages to both of them. I think the performances are better in the, in the AIP one that you guys saw, but the international one is technically closer to what was actually
5: said. I will say that like for a being dubbed and B for the acting usually in these movies, even though, yeah, it's dubbed like the acting is so 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 I actually was really impressed with the acting of the actors and Mm -hmm. actresses as well as the voice dubbing like it didn't feel like. Oh, no. There's a monster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt I mean it felt more like they were actually those actors and actresses and they were more in the environment mm-hmm. versus just dubbing. Right. So that that was a big difference between some of the other ones I've seen. Especially with the dubbing. I was really impressed with it actually.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially like the yeah, Ebera, like in the in the in the television dub, they don't give Ebra a name. They just call no. him the monster. Right, right. So I'm guessing, since you guys are
1: not as familiar, because you, you've seen the original Godzilla film, yeah. uh, you, this is the next one that you've seen in this particular series. This is actually, like, movie seven, wow. I think. And so there's. I'm guessing there was a lot of stuff that got thrown at you that you're like, what the heck is this? One being Mothra. Yeah,
4: I knew Mothra existed. I just didn't know where it originally came in. I'm like, oh, these people are worshiping Mothra. Okay, this is weird. Well, Mothra, I've been in a couple of movies before this. So Mothra is already
1: established at this point. And then there were the little six inch girls.
4: The twins? Yes. Yeah. Were you prepared for that? I didn't know what, what to make of I was like, oh, these twins must be like the high priestess. Of they Matra. are. Okay. This was the last time that those characters appeared in the,
1: the Showa series, the original series of films. But they were played by different actresses this time. The other times they, were, uh, they appeared, they were played by, I, thought, I think, better actresses, at least for me personally. I prefer the, the Peanuts. They were an actual twin sister singing duo. They were extremely popular in Japan, and they actually sang the music that they did for, for Mothra in several movies. They weren't... I don't know why. I'm not entirely sure why they weren't in this one, but they got replaced by Pear Bambi. That was their
3: name. Yep. They, and and they they sing a, a different song for Mothra yeah, in this
1: one. Yeah, it's a different song. The, the thing, though, is... I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Pear Bambi other than that they were in this movie. But for what I understand, twins are a big deal. Especially identical twins are a big deal in Japan because they they're rare. Yeah. Which is why the Peanuts, that was their name, that's why they were able to get really popular because they were identical twins and they were pretty and they could both sing and it was a good gimmick for them. Yeah. I mean, they even got a little bit popular in the United States for a while. They went on TV and everything. You can even go on YouTube and find them singing jingle bells. So if you need something with Christmas coming up, (laughs) there you go. The peanuts singing jingle bells. I think it was even in English.
5: I will say that if they were really dancing the whole entire time, we're going back to that. (laughs) Okay. Cause I'm like, holy crap. They would have had to take turns. Cause that is like some very physical dancing on the Island.
1: Oh, on the island. I was like, are we going back to the yacht thing? No, (laughs) on the island. Those were actual, by the way, those were actual real dancers. Oh,
5: I could tell they were real dancers. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I'm at the character.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, Toho knew a troop of dancers that they would commission to come in and work on movies. They knew what they were doing.
5: I'm in the mood, like in the plot. Uh,
4: Right. Yeah, I actually, I didn't. I didn't know you were going back to that. Like, I really thought you were going back to the dance off when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. The There's a lot of sleeping monsters in this movie.
6: <laughs> Mothra yeah, is I...
1: sleeping. Godzilla is sleeping. Although I have to say the moment where Mothra wakes up was handled very well. I thought, although I don't know. I haven't seen the MST three K episode in a long time. So I don't know if they just ruined the, the long pause, the long dramatic pause for you or not?
5: I don't think they did. They didn't.
1: Yeah. But I really liked they, they stop and then it's just yeah. nothing but silence. And then you see the eyes light up a little yeah,
5: bit. That that was cool. I really liked that.
1: And like, then the head just bobs a little bit and then chirps. It's almost as if Mothra is saying, I heard you.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, um, the faith of the Islanders is rewarded once again.
5: I, and I will say this. I almost didn't catch it the moment godzilla wakes up if you look at the clouds godzilla's in the clouds
1: really yes oh my gosh brendan
3: well, she saw, saw something we've never seen before swear, what the heck
5: i like, swear it was godzilla
3: that's impossible like godzilla in the clouds like the cl- yeah. it was a cloud formation it yeah. looked like oh man i'm gonna have to go back I and mean, watch again
5: that specific godzilla, and that's that's impossible to me it looks like godzilla <laughs>
1: I'm going to have to
4: check that again. I didn't see it. But,
1: but you
5: had your eyes closed. <laughs> Even Joel and
4: the bots couldn't keep him awake. Uh, know. It's been a long week. And then, yes, the incomprehensible jarring of the first part of the plot. I'm like, I, I need to rest my eyes for a little bit. <laughs> I
3: can understand that. Now, like, what? Like, like I just watched the film uh, last night. And I since you told me that that Godzilla's in the cloud that's impossible like, I had to look back to that film and watch it again I, yeah
1: we're back. gonna have to check we're, we're gonna have to check this This might be something for Jimmy's notes right here Yeah, we're gonna have to screenshot this and study it extensively and everything
5: I mean it could have just been me because yeah. you know I was one of those kids that always looked at clouds for shapes well okay. yeah
4: I mean you are crazy I didn't
5: say that
4: when we do the editing for this episode, we're gonna have the X Files music. Which talks about <laughs> I will totally Godzilla loop that
1: in. in. I, if I had known she was, if I had known she was gonna bring that up, I would have put it in to play it live. <laughs> uh, one of the slight improvements made to the podcast version.
3: <laughs> like all I know is, like at the end of the film Like we all see Godzilla swimming in the ocean after he escaped from the island, but it is he is so far, far away a distance? Like you, like you couldn't tell if that's him swimming, but it is him. I mean, you just couldn't see the head, but all I if when I look at it carefully, I can see his fins, just his back fins. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
1: which funny thing speaking of that scene if you look really carefully you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to see it in yours because you saw it pan and scanned but if you watch it letterboxed, when the island blows up at the end you can see some studio lights at the top of the frame <laughs> whoops
5: I will say that their explosions were pretty realistic
1: oh yeah yeah they, they worked hard on blowing things up there but oh, yeah. I want
4: to I talk about live nukes <laughs>
1: Hard water. got a little bit of anti. Got a little bit of that very Japanese anti-nuclear sentiment there, (laughs) which I I have an entire book that's dedicated to looking at American and Japanese films from the 50s and 60s and their attitude toward that. And I try to go to that part of my notes here. Yeah, right here. Yeah, Yeah, there there wasn't a whole lot to say other than there. You know, the bad guys are the ones using the nukes, but. Some people, like my friend John LeMay, theorized that that's where Ebera came from. They were feeding the thing radiation, so because they wanted a giant watchdog.
3: Yep, and they and they spread some yellow liquid to protect the cells from Ebera. What,
1: what did you guys think of that? The stuff with the with the yellow with the yellow liquid that they used to keep the shrimp away?
5: I actually thought that was really, really interesting because like you kind of see them spraying something from the boat, like in the very first time you see it and you're like, what the world is going on? OK, whatever. And then you're like, oh, I get it now.
4: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that yeah. was
5: interesting.
4: Yeah, One of the, the jokes is like, hey, look, there's cans of mustard gas. Let's open them. <laughs> I bet it, that's a good one. Yeah, I have
1: that. Yeah, yeah that's a good one i think the megalon episode is better but the but the sea monster one is still pretty fun
4: i don't remember as many of the jokes from there as i do the megalon, though. well they're admittedly the jokes weren't quite as good on this one yeah that know they weren't this one I, I
1: remember no actually i think they did the i think they did megalon first and then they did this one
4: yeah megalon was the episode before this one right which is so weird because this movie was made first uh it's, Probably just how they.
1: Recorded. Megalon is more riftastic, I think, though. Definitely. I think that is Jed voicing his agreement, but he's a little biased. I'm still working on my jet speak. I'm sorry.
3: I totally agreed with Jed Jaguar. You understand jet. Of course you would understand.
1: I know Jed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> of course you would. Uh, would understand jet. Uh huh. Yes. Oh my gosh, guys, that's enough. All right. <laughs> to to quote one of Jimmy's favorite movies, "Stay on Target." But <laughs> well, yeah, but no, I wanted to talk a little bit about Akira Takarada in this. We have to, right, Brandon? Oh, we have oh to. yeah,
3: definitely. He he uh, played the 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 bank robber and the
1: bank robber playing against type in this one too. He wasn't normally getting roles like this. People often called him the Cary Grant of Japan. He's very Cary Grant in this one.
3: Yeah, and I totally like his character in this film because he goes from a bank robber, like he's like a villain in the beginning, but almost like between the middle and the ending of the film, he becomes a hero that he changed his ways. And I re- I'll never forget that line he said at the end in the international dub version. He said, well, anyway, maybe I'll go straight from now on.
5: <laughs> I did like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he gets
1: a little bit of a redemption story there. But I thought it was funny. It was so funny at the beginning where he, <laughs> he fooled those kids into thinking that was his boat.
5: Well, I was fooled. <laughs>
1: and he's got the rifle and it turns out the rifle's a toy. Yeah. That was
5: like the that- best part. Yeah, that, that, was that was my back- favorite.
1: Because that was back when you could actually make toy guns look kind of realistic mm. and you didn't have to put the orange tip on the end. Right. Before the parents freaked out and urban legends got spread about kids playing with toy guns and getting shot by accident. Yeah. Well,
3: especially, when, especially when the, the guys were like freaked out. It's, it's especially, like, there's one guy saying, like, This boy from a country just came to see bows. He's a Yata. maniac.
1: Yeah. Yata's a bit of a country bumpkin. Yeah, in yeah. Very of much course. so. And then his two
3: f- friends that he makes right then are city slickers. Yeah, like, of course. But if you're all maniacs, you're still trespassing private property.
1: Hmm. Uh, private property, yeah. And then
3: <laughs> the joke's on him. He, he's, uh, he can't run the boat. And they figure out that it's a toy. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that part. It's like... It's like, what did you do to my rifle? Rifle? I don't know.
5: <laughs> I broke yeah. it. I was playing with it. Oops! Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I broke it. <laughs> you Wait,
5: can't. St- why? Why are we going? We're on a mission. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you imagine being the one of those guys? You just meet some sh- some dude, <laughs> and then you get stuck with him out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs>
5: That's so weird.
1: Uh, that's crazy, is what it is. But yeah, Takarada, Takarada is great in this. This is actually one of my favorite Takarada performances.
3: Yeah, mine too. <laughs> he, he did an amazing job in in this film. He, I like the part when they, the guys find out that he is a robber that he that they heard on the radio, <laughs> and and they're like freaked out, saying, "Hey." don't tell me that you're that thief. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he you just guys went are and, smart enough to put two and two together now. Yeah. You know, after they heard it, they, like he just went to turn off the radio. He just don't want them to hear any more information about it. It's like, and it's like, why did you turn it off? The noise make me seasick.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, they were having fun with this. And I was actually glad that you had, Takarata on there is this veteran actor at this point with these young guys. Oh, uh, we uh, apparently have photographic proof of Godzilla in the
5: clouds. Joe doesn't see it. Do you see it?
4: I I do not see. You're going to have to point it out to me.
5: Right there. That is fair. Oh, wait. Right there. I see it now. Told you.
4: I see it now. Cue the X-Files theme. (laughs) (laughs) Oh uh, well, I, I see it now. Here, let me show Brendan.
5: 50.4. Right here, Brendan. See it?
4: Right
1: Got there? It. His head yeah. and his back, spines. It it's very hard
3: to tell because
5: it's a very small screen because it's on my phone.
4: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I think I'm convinced. It's uh it's the where the absence of the clouds is that, that the body. Yeah, is. yeah. I
1: th- I think I think this might be a, an exclusive. This is like a Film Fault exclusive. We found a we may have found an easter egg in this movie that no one has ever seen before. Symbolism.
7: Symbolism.
4: <laughs> Not to be confused with uh, Mufasa's appearance in The Lion King. <laughs> Godzilla, remember <laughs> who you are. <laughs> I
1: need that. You're gonna to have to screenshot that for me so I can actually meme that. I am totally meming that. You are the
3: one true king of
1: the monsters.
7: One
3: day, Milla, all day. Yeah, be Vanilla. yours.
1: That's the next movie after this is Son of Godzilla, with that stupid potato that he
4: calls a kid. Yes, Godzilla has of Kenny Kaiju right there Uh, no there's enough Kenny's in the world you don't need to bring one in for him
6: Uh,
4: oh you should you should hear about our resident Kenny
1: here he's a kappa he hosts his own radio show where he has people read scary stories anyway (laughs) photographic evidence
4: (laughs) is it still a conspiracy for you Joe you heard it here first folks Godzilla in the clouds remembering who you are fight Ebra <laughs> fight Ebra so does
1: that mean Ebera is Scar in this situation
5: I don't know because you also have that weird bird thing which we haven't gotten
1: oh the yet. condor daikondoru like,
5: where the crap did the
1: bird come from uh, yeah the, that, the they, they, people and... also think that thing might have been created by leaked radiation from the hard water reactor <laughs>
4: I just thought this was like the... the Birdemic 3? <laughs> the, the island of irradiated animals. Uh,
1: uh, I thought it was Burdemic 3 there for a second. I mean, for
5: a second, I thought that the Chinese government might have sent it to try and kill them because they're like, send the planes. But then I was like, okay, no, because that wouldn't make sense either.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, every time I watch this, ever since I was a kid, Godzilla torches that thing.
3: Well, I, I would always yell, KFC, KFC! <laughs> And I got a few things to say about the giant condor. I mean, oh no, Kentucky Fried Condor. Yes, (laughs) tastes like chicken. Yeah, even though that bird is way too big to eat. (laughs) Oh, they would eat it. Somebody (laughs) would eat it.
1: It got it it got roasted, fell into the water, so it's so it's and that's seawater, so it's nice and salty. You know, I would definitely I out.
5: that's one thing I did figure out because I'm like, how, what would Godzilla eat like, <laughs> after each time he wakes up? And then I realized, well, he's waking up to fight a monster. So he would eat the monster that he killed and then be able to go back to hibernation.
1: So he got himself some, uh, some roasted condor and some lobster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so
5: he had surf and sky.
4: Yeah, it's not Surf and Turf. But it's
5: it's Surf
1: and Sky. Oh, okay. Took me a second.
5: I thought that was pretty good.
1: Fine, Jet.
5: Thank you. I like you, Jet.
1: <laughs> me too, Jet. I know,
5: I know. <laughs> Even that
1: trademark thumbs up of his. Don't you have, like, an appointment or something with Rex Dart Eskimo Spy? Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, Sorry, mm-hmm. I know you guys have history. Excuse me.
5: Jet is nice to Teddy Kong and Bitsela, so he has my approval.
1: Well, I just don't tell him that his last name is Jaguar. Cuz he's a that means he's a cat. Uh, Dogs and okay. mm-hmm. Cats, yeah I,
6: yeah, I
1: failed on that one. Yes, you I, did. I, I I failed.
3: And and then when I watched uh, Godzilla fighting with the giant condor, I mean, for the first time, I mean... Because it tried to peck his eyes out! <laughs> yeah. yeah for, like, for that part, I mean, it feels like, like, Godzilla, like, couldn't even see a thing, I mean, see anything. I mean, when he's, like, swinging the the giant condor with his arms, like, he's, like, he's just waving his arms back and forth, like, trying to hit it. It's almost like, he's almost, like, gone blind, and he... And well, the... he just
1: walked won- He's cranky. I
5: I thought it was more like posturing.
1: A little, yeah, I would say that too.
5: Also, can we talk about the fact that they were playing baseball?
4: You mean
1: volleyballer?
5: No, yeah, baseball. Bo-
4: no volleyballer. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't exactly catch, but it was close enough. Yeah,
1: volleyballer. He hit
5: it like a bat, like he did sideways.
1: This yeah, is that's, true.
4: That's and then.
1: The oh, crowd. you mean the you mean Ebira? Yeah, right. Ebir and Godzilla.
5: but he would also yeah.
1: catch it magically because. Yeah,
5: that's Ebirah. why I was like, it's baseball. Ah,
1: yeah, they were playing ah. baseball
5: at the beginning. Well,
1: vo- volleyballer is a very popular pastime here for the kaiju on the island.
5: I mean, I can see volleyballer too, but it looked more like baseball is what they were doing.
1: Well, Godzilla used his freaking head. Yeah, he
4: did <laughs> head it like a soccer ball back. <laughs> Ebira.
5: That's true yeah. too. It was an all-encompassing sport. <laughs>
1: yes. Like I said, that's why it is very popular with the kaiju here on the island.
3: And they did use some wires attached to the boulder. And, and there's actually some, like, kataos or animation, animation right. to the boulder. To yeah. When they- it, would switch, it would
1: switch between being uh, animated and a practical prop.
5: Oh. Actually, and I, I thought, I mean, I, that part, I thought they actually did a really, really good job. on. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, the, I didn't feel like somebody did it in their basement.
1: <laughs> right. 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 Well, it, it, which mean, is it was, in, for
5: that time. That's, I mean, that was really, truly impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, and a lot of the, a lot of the budget went toward making that new Ebera suit, which is Ebera's kind of lame as a Godzilla opponent. That's why he makes more sense for Kong because you know, it's Kong doesn't typically fight big, crazy, like three headed space dragons right <laughs> <laughs> like, that that is you you laugh but king Ghidorah, he's real <laughs> but you know this is a very much like a kong style foe and the fact that eberra never comes out of the water and he tries to drag godzilla under the water it's like dude i'm godzilla <laughs> the water and is I- not going to help you <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I really loved the part when after Godzilla hit the boulder for the last time and he landed on with a big claw and he, it feels like he, the boulder got stuck on his claw.
1: Uh, he like, caught it is what he did, which was pretty yeah, impressive, like, I have to say.
5: Yeah, that yes. is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so they put a lot of money into that. And I think it, it, they it never comes out of the water because he likes water. And it also allows them to hide the operators underneath, underneath the, the suit. Yeah. And filming fight scenes underwater if you're a suit actor is dangerous. They Angry. would have to they would have to wear scuba gear. The yeah. suits are already heavy. Yeah. I'm and they sure. gotta wear scuba gear to do it. They're filming it in a giant pool. Yeah. Yeah. Being a suit actor is not all is that all fun in games. No, I
5: don't know if this was again part of like them cutting stuff out. But the fight scene was very confusing at times because all you saw, are like maybe claw claw thing, like they didn't pan out enough for you to That's understand.
1: because you saw a and scanned version of the movie.
5: So I was like, uh, I don't know what's happening. Like, I mean, they, they, sometimes they would show them like coming out of the water or you could actually see them in the water. But when it was just like claw and arm or whatever, it was very hard to like, Kind of understand
1: what was happening. Like I said, you saw a pan and scan cropped version. It was uh, for t- uh, for uh, old timey TVs for a uh, four three ratio <laughs> that probably didn't help.
5: Probably not.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which especially, is the other downside to trying to get a copy of that dub.
3: Yeah, especially when when Godzilla fights Ebra he did his like he did like a judo flip on yeah on Ebra like he. But they well,
5: did not get to see that.
3: You didn't get to see the judo flip? There was no judo flip. There
5: wasn't.
1: There, was no no there is, is definitely a judo yeah, that flip.
4: That is a judo flip. I
1: mean, yeah. They just know they saw the MST3K version. Apparently, that the, apparently that got cut out. You didn't get to see the judo flip. I'm so or, sorry. You or didn't or get to I see mi- the uh,
5: judo Or flip. I just missed it. I mean, it's possible that I just missed it, it,
1: that's that's also possible. Oh, and yeah. another Kong-ism that Godzilla has fighting Ebra the second time, ripping <laughs> ripping his arms off, and then <laughs> taunting him by clamping the claw. That's, I love that. <laughs> it's great i love it i do love it it's like, <laughs> i win but that's a very kong thing to do because you know kong remember in the original movie he broke the t-rex jaw and he would play with it yeah it's like is it... he dead yeah he's definitely dead
3: yeah but godzilla did the same thing to ebro about the claws like and i love that sound effect and
5: i love that too i just thought that was hilarious
1: Uh, Well, is that which because the scene happens around that time in the movie, the fake liquid. Good Lord, Red Bamboo. There are reasons you don't rule the world. You're as bad as like Cobra and Shocker at this point. Good Lord. You told me they never look in there to make sure that they're making the right stuff.
5: Well, no, because it looked the same. Like the color was the same. No, but they don't. They don't.
1: They ne- also don't hear this. They're like, "Hey, let's make fake stuff." But
5: remember, <laughs> they were in a hurry to leave because they were going to explode the mountain.
3: Wow, joy yeah. is no prizing for the terrorists. And they didn't realize they were using using phony yellow liquid that that uh, the heroes told the natives to make. And
1: right, that it, is clever. That was clever though. So they do. They really. They, there's some ironic comeuppance there.
3: Yeah, Yeah. especially that line he says in the international dub. It's like, do you some phony yellow liquid? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And let me tell you, I did very good voice impressions.
1: Yeah, I I could tell, Brendan. I'm
5: kind of glad I didn't watch that dub version because
1: then I probably. Oh, the the international dub. Yeah. You saw the better dub. No, that's
5: what I'm saying. The better
1: performed dub.
5: I'm glad I didn't watch that version because I probably would have been pulling my hair out.
1: Yeah, But but you also got commentary by Joel and the bots. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of miss, because, but and it's we should talk about that at least briefly. You guys got to see one of the band <laughs> episodes of MST3K. I have oh. it in the vault. Don't tell anyone, but <laughs> don't tell Toho. But is that like, the
5: one that Toho said no ho?
1: No, that was Megalon. Uh, but because Toho said no ho to Megalon, it also it was anything by extension. In, yeah, no ho. To this one, too.
5: Okay. So, the one thing, okay. So, for those who do have listened to me on this podcast, you all know that I come up with a song for each one. And Joe's taking his headphones off, henceforth, my laugh. Cause he's, gonna, he's like, I want to find him. He's
1: uh, slipping out for a moment. Yes.
5: Cause he's before left, the singing, no, just, just why? prepare
1: yourself, Brendan.
5: Okay. I'm prepared.
4: I am prepared. Wall to beat my head against.
1: Yeah, yeah. This this woman thinks she lives in a musical.
5: I do live in a musical. The world is a musical, because I say so.
1: <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> for those who for but for those who can't see that, I was doing the crazy sign.
5: Uh huh. Just remember, takes one to know one. I know. <laughs> the pause was perfect okay
1: we're so, all a little mad here
5: crazy crazy i was crazy once they locked yeah. me in a room and then i die yeah And then the worms came to eat me worms drive me crazy 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 i was crazy once
1: it was boring
5: <laughs> i did the shortened version okay so i have two songs for you lovely audience that you are
1: the kaiju one, lovers
5: the first one is which if you are not a disney fan or kids show fan you may or may not get is shiny everything so shiny which is from Iwana. the crab thing yes
1: that is i'm gonna have to meme that now that is now, Eberra's jam. I will. So, I will be sure to. I joke? will be sure to tell the island uh, scientists to play that forever okay. on the big speakers here on the island. Definitely. And I gotta
3: say that that giant crab in Moana is, is looks like a friendly kids version of Eberra.
5: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. So that was one of them. The other one that I also was going to do is. Um, And and I'm going to show the fact that I listen to oldies because, yeah, you're old. Hey, (laughs) just remember, you're only two months ahead of me, behind me. Words, so sick. Anyway. Okay, so the other one is, sailing takes me away to where I can get eaten by a crab or locked in a room or whatever. Come and sail away with me. Yes. I butchered the song intentionally.
1: Well, it's a good thing you b- did butcher the song or else I would have gotten shut down by YouTube.
5: I know. Well, I <laughs> as <much> as I <laughs> I've know. already
1: gotten one copyright strike from YouTube, people. I have truly made it as a content creator. I got a strike from YouTube.
5: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so those are my two songs. So Sailing and the song from Moana. The Love mandatory
1: it. Joy Metter music.
5: Yes. Mandatory. Love it, hate it, you know. If you do have comments about songs, or if you come up with a better one, I'd love to know. Send us feedback. Send us, send me feedback. Because the thing is, feedback
1: is at something. monster at monsterislandfilmvault dot com.
5: This is something I do enjoy doing, and I hope that other people enjoy that I do it. I don't know if they do, but I think it's fun. I haven't heard any complaints. Well, I'll I'll take no complaints over no news
1: is good news. Yeah,
5: I guess. Yeah, sure. Yes. we'll go with that.
1: Yes. Yes. Quite. What, <clears throat> where'd that come from? I don't I keep know. Keep doing that. It's weird. This is really weird. Your face is weird. Anyway, Brendan, you <laughs> wanted to share with us your favorite parts of the movie, right? Yeah. You right. you like your own, like things that you wanted to share with us about the movie.
3: Like I, I wanted got, to make sure you
1: had an opportunity to talk about it.
3: Like, I have a bunch of my favorite parts. I don't know if you want me to share all of them. I mean, if you want me to. I mean, I mean uh, go ahead. Go wild. I mean, I do like the, the monster fights parts. I mean, because the rest of the Godzilla films, I always join the monster fights uh, more than the human parts. But in Horde Horde Deep, I kind of enjoy the human parts. I mean, mm-hmm. And what I'm like, my favorite favorite parts, one of my favorite parts in this film is like that Godzilla, I think I already brought this up at the beginning, I mean that Godzilla has a love interest of a, you know, of a human native mm-hmm. girl Dio. I mean, we all know this film is supposed to be a Kong film, but I mean, if Godzilla was King Kong, I mean <laughs> I mean, they you know, Kong would just usually picked up Dio, but for Godzilla in this one, guzzle just kind of stares at her. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, and he... but he doesn't pick her up or anything. Kind of like Kong. Mm-hmm. He's, it's he just kind of like just stares at her, checking her out, and saying, "Hey, I'm God. I'm the king of the monsters. What's yours?" <laughs> wow, wow. Which well, is funny
1: because James Rolfe actually thought for years that. Godzilla did pick her up. And then when he watched the movie, it was like, oh, I totally
3: Mandela affected that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did remember that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some others? Like, and I also like the, 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 uh, the water fight scenes, where uh, Godzilla fights mm-hmm. Ebora, especially the ending. I mean, where they're fine mm-hmm. on the water. I mean, they, they, I mean, they didn't really film this really underwater. They just use like a, they just yeah, filmed this in a little set of rocks, and they just use like a glass above that just shows the water effects so right. shining on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like right. a, that was actually cool. I like the way how they use Godzilla's war for the for the water scene. It's like he's bubbling. Uh, uh right, warp. yeah. Yeah, they. I, uh, didn't,
5: I didn't realize that they didn't weren't actually underwater because it definitely had the feel of underwater. So that's really interesting.
1: Right. Yeah, but they were still doing a lot of stuff with actual water there, as you can tell.
5: Well, yeah, but I mean, like what he was talking about, like the underwater scenes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they were using a glass. That was really creative, from mm-hmm. to give that feel to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really knew. They had really figured out a lot in the you know ten plus years since the original Godzilla. You know, how to do stuff like this
3: <laughs> yeah because this is like the first film I ever did since uh got since the original godzilla because the underwater scene in the end of the mm-hmm. original
1: oh yeah they did have an underwater scene in the original yeah
3: yeah what i want to talk about is the godzilla suit okay I mean, that is like the that i I have a hard time remembering these suit names. Uh, was it the Dissing Goji suit? Was it? Did I say it right?
1: I I think so. I don't. Uh, I I guess I'm a fake fan. I don't know the suit names as well as some people. Looking at you, Michael. Yeah. I know you're I yelling mean, at your you're yelling at your phone right now because I
3: don't remember. I mean, it was the same suit from Invasion of Astro Monsters. Yeah, the but... previous movie. Yeah, but apparently they replace a head, they added a new head mm-hmm. to the suit because they took the head from the took the original head, they attached it to the mostly goji suit from Mothra versus Godzilla right. because they want to use that for an Ultraman episode. They Oh, they, yes. Yeah, they transformed Godzilla to Gyrus.
1: Yeah, there. Ultraman was on around this time. Yeah. And yeah. He said, Ultraman's a superhero and he fights Kaiju. And they literally took a Godzilla suit. This, I think it was this Godzilla suit. <laughs> when they were done with it, spray painted it green and put a th- frill on it. And they said think- it was a different monster.
3: Yeah. I think they sprayed it yellow. Oh, it's yellow. Uh, not, excuse me. It
1: looks green, though. It's kind of a yellowish green. His name was Jaross. Yeah. Which is because Godzilla. This is just how crass this was, because Godzilla's name in Japanese is Gojira, and this monster's name is Jaras. Uh, they were not hiding it.
3: <laughs> I gotta say, Godzilla as uh, Cyrus. I mean, uh, I like to call this one a Dilophosauruszilla. Zilla. Oh,
5: my gosh.
1: Yeah, but that is the closest Godzilla and Ultraman I've ever had to a crossover <laughs>
5: So I, I do want to comment about, like, the Godzilla, like, and in, in their um, animation of him, because, yeah, okay, when you got close, you could, you obviously knew it wasn't real, but even, like, in the water scenes, and, like, when he comes out of the water the first time, and he's, like, shaking, I was like, holy crap, like, that was, like, good that was real like that was like a dog or anyone like shaking off the water right i thought that you know having watched what i've watched i can i pick out those different nuances or Mm -hmm. whatever i don't know if that's the right word but because i'm not seeing them one after another i see those things kind of like stand out more so i did find that really 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 interesting just because like you could tell that they were trying to make it feel more human for lack kind of a better
1: yeah, well, that they were shifting Godzilla in that direction at that point. Godzilla became a hero, actually, two movies before this, which is why it's interesting that the that the characters here don't still don't quite trust him, but then again, they didn't quite trust Godzilla in the previous movie either, so even though this was originally supposed to be Kong it actually makes sense. They're like, I don't know if we would trust a big lizard.
5: <laughs> well, here's my one question and I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep it.
1: No, it's all right. I was actually going to say you're talking about the suit performance. That was all Haro Nakajima. That man played Godzilla for 12 movies in almost 20 years. He had it. Yeah, he had it down. I was going to say
3: the same thing.
1: Yeah. And the guy who played, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Hiroshi. Though we did the suit acting for Ebera, he was a second he, degree black belt,
3: huh? Yeah, and he also played one of the, the
1: gargantuans, in- yeah, Sanda in more of the gargantuans. But anyway, did you had something,
5: I did, and then you guys went off on another topic.
1: <laughs> Dang it, it'll come back to you randomly. What else you got, Brendan? Like, what I want to talk Hold about on. is like, oh, she got it. Hold on,
5: I'm so sorry, guys. Okay, so the one thing that I've not seen in any other, and you can tell me if this is the first time or not, the wind effect of him moving around. What do you mean? They actually like when he would whip his tail, like the like they would. There was actual visible wind. Oh, okay. Movement from his movement. Huh. And I feel like that's the first time I've ever seen that in all of the the monster movies we've ever seen, mm-hmm. like together. That's the first time I remember seeing like, oh, well, that would affect, like this, it would yeah, affect with him being that big. That would cause wind and wind movement. Mm-hmm. And like, I really felt like that kind of also lent it to feeling more realistic.
1: mm they've done that with some flying monsters cuz they have big wings so they've done that with Mo- with rodan and mothra but i don't i, I can't think i'm not sure if they've en- entirely done that this see this is why i bring noobs on cuz then they see things that you and i don't see brendan yeah that's right anyway that's all
3: ni- i had okay you got Sorry. any got anything else you want to share well i want to talk about the the suits for the water scenes i mean Like people said, that water can slowly damage these suits. Right. Especially for the decent Goji suit. I mean, I hope I'm saying it right. I mean, it's okay. Like, for the big. After Godzilla awakens, he appears. I mean, we. Like, the suit, it just looks perfectly normal and fine. I mean, it's. Like, when he's fine on the water, I mean. Like. Some people said that Godzilla looks like the cookie monster in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Jim the cookie from Cinemassacres.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <The cookie. laughs>
3: yeah, because they added a new head to it. And- Godzilla wants cookies. is <laughs> <laughs> for cookie is good cookies enough for <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I-, <laughs> I, th- I think Joe is slowly dying inside right now <laughs> he's just yeah, shaking and, his head
4: <laughs>
1: oh he's leaning into the microphone has he got something has he got something mm, he's got nothing no, no
3: like like for also there's some scenes like like for the when Godzilla finally attacks the Ren bamboo's base I mean when you like what was really interesting they 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 filmed this last because of Godzilla's head face it's mm-hmm. begin to wear off i mean it's like it's like you can tell that it's starting to look terrible
1: yeah they they would have been worn out from all the stuff they'd already done with it shooting it with roman candles and, and throwing it into water and playing volley <laughs> yeah
3: it, and they, they keep using that same Face look and and every other Godzilla films for the water scenes like and you can tell that it's really really getting worse because of the face, right.
1: right. But you... then again, they after this, well, no, two movies after this, they used the same suit for four movies. Eh.
3: Yes, it's especially they they use that suit for the for the last time in in Hedera. No, Gigan. No, no ways. Eh. Hedowa, they used that suit last. I mean, they... Nope, it was used again in Gigan. Trust me, I know. Wait, Gigan, they they, they had the the suit from Son of Godzilla for the water scene. Oh, for the water scene, yes. But the rest of the time, nope. I don't think I believe you that, Nathan. Oh, he doesn't believe me. <laughs>
7: <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, he doesn't believe it. We'll talk after the show, sir. <laughs> oh, no.
4: But there will be a Patreon video with a Google search and we'll
3: see who's right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll I'll take a look back at those films. Oh, and, so look well, carefully. you're having me on for Geigen, so yeah, for, for yeah, the, I'm uh, actually going to have the, you in in, and in Neil, the Geigen yeah, episode on, on my Guygan channel.
1: Episode. Yeah, so we'll we'll do, we'll settle it then, sir. We'll settle it then. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those are some great highlights, uh, Brendan. So. Th- It's interesting this, and this is why I think it's, it's in retrospect, the fact that this was on MST3K is interesting because this actually for a long time was not considered one of the better Godzilla films, but it is now being reevaluated. Funny enough, my friend John LeMay actually wrote some articles where he said, you know what? I think it's finally time that this was reevaluated as one of the better Godzilla films. And Stuart Gulbraith, who's done a lot of scholarship in you know, around kaiju and tokusatsu, actually said in a couple of places that if you took the monsters out of this, you'd still have an entertaining movie, which is, as weird as it sounds, usually the mark of a good kaiju film.
5: That actually makes sense.
1: Megalon! No, you can't say that about Megal. The other one that was on MST3K, you took the humans out of that one. There's, I mean, you took the monsters out of that one. There's nothing, there's almost nothing there. <laughs> yes. How could we take you out of the movie?
4: <laughs> Do you have something? No, I was just going to say you were the almost. The almost? <laughs>
3: totally sure, agree with Jed. you,
1: Jet. Yeah, sure. 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 Any closing thoughts before, you know, we uh, wrap up and go to the next
3: segment? Yeah, what I want to talk about is Mothra. Like, after Mothra. Okay. we need to talk about Mothra. The fan yeah.
1: in me is really excited by the idea that at one point King Kong was going to meet Mothra. Yeah, this like... was originally a Kong movie, and all they did was just put Godzilla in. Like, I know they added the scene with the Jets,
4: when, for what I read, when they switched to Godzilla. Because you can't have a Godzilla film without him tearing down jets. Yeah, with
1: idiot pilots that want to fly 10 feet off the ground just so Godzilla can tail whip them. and then I
5: whip fl- my tail back and forth. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> and then uh, they also fly close enough that he could literally swat them. Like, why would you... Fl- I say this all the time watching Tokusatsu. I'm like, why do you fly that close? That's why, because- Shin, God- that's why Shin Godzilla is nice because they're like, we're all the way up here. And we're just going
5: to drop a bomb on you. Okay, because that is the only reference of how big he is that you have. Because prior to that, I did not realize how big he was because there was no like perspective perspective.
1: Because there weren't buildings or anything. There was
5: nothing to show how big he was.
1: He popped out of a hill. Uh, Well, actually, you could say that was a mountain. But yeah, it he popped like out,
5: hill there. Yeah, but it looks like it was out of the same entrance that the other people came out of, so he looked smaller. Oh, so it did give perspective. Oh, okay. That that's fine. I'm
1: just anyway. Yeah. Although,
5: yes, that was horrible flying. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah.
1: This is red bamboo. This is why you don't rule the world. And according to the Batman meets Godzilla comic, you're getting beat by Adam West Batman. <laughs> Let that sink in.
3: You know, what I want to talk about like uh, that that Mothra was in this film and it, and then if this was a Kong film that Kong wouldn't know who Mothra is. I mean, if Kong did see Mothra fly above him is Kong would be like, who are you? I never seen you before. Right. You now my explanation for that
1: is the last time Godzilla saw a friendly Mothra, it was still a caterpillar. So he's like, "Oh, that's the adult Mothra. I don't like those.
3: Yeah, and I... And Nathan, I bet, you, I bet you already know this. I don't know if you know, but if you look carefully at the fu- the little short feisty of Mothra and Godzilla in the end, you, you can see like a little cigarette stuck on Mothra's head. What? What? For real? Yeah, it's, I'm not kidding. If you watch, if you look back to that film of that part, you can see there's a little cigarette stuck on Mothra's fur oh in the back of her gosh. head. Oh my
1: gosh! Why? Why would you do that? Why probably not
5: intentionally? Probably.
1: I know, but it's like, who puts it? Why would you put a
3: cigarette out on the movie prop? And I actually caught that. I, I was like, I didn't know that. I was when I saw it. I was like, Has Mothra been smoking? <laughs>
1: Mothra has hit hard times. <laughs> Let me die. <laughs> Mothra smokes starts smoking so much she sounds like the lunch lady.
5: No, no. It was like putting it behind his ear, you know, to save it for later
1: Oh, save it for I, I smoke a pack a day.
4: You want some sauce? Mothra's the real cookie monster. C is for cigarette
3: and good enough for me. <laughs> Like if I was Mothwa, if I see you guys uh, uh, making fun of me, as I was like, "Say, you kids are just joking around, aren't you? Please don't do that. Come on, I'm a busy moth, got things to do. <laughs> that's that's saying? my Mystery Science Theater three thousand
5: that, that actually was really, really, really good because that was literally word for word from MST three K. So good yeah. job. I'm a busy
1: moth. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since I've seen the, the band episode.
3: <laughs> Especially those two robots, uh, Cron well, Crow and, and Servo, that so, uh, played the, uh, making fun of the twin fairies.
1: <laughs> they, they they make fun of everything. Yes. That's why we love them.
5: <laughs> also, the fairies, you don't realize that they were that small. Actually, I didn't know they were that small until you actually said something.
1: They were like six inches tall, yeah.
4: There's only like one scene where you, you see them in perspective. Otherwise, you see them like, Oh, they—they're just younger people at the head of like this worship service. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And there's like one scene with her, with the heroes that they're really tiny. And there's there's only one scene with, with the heroes that they're really tiny.
1: Right. Yeah. Although that was actually surprisingly well implemented, I want to say. You can see the mat lines for them, but they do a pretty good job of trying to hide them.
5: Oh, when you mean when they're flying? No, when the the twins no,
1: are the standing twins on are the weird. beach talking oh. to the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of your favorite jokes from the mst 3 k by the way? I know we've mentioned a few of them.
5: What about the line? This is the easiest line to follow or something?
4: Oh, this is the only line I've been able to follow this entire movie.
5: <laughs> In regards to the line to the monster or when they yeah. use the electrical. The one that they overused where we're like, okay, it, it's no longer funny was apes involved from man <laughs> they yeah, just
4: they, kept they, saying that randomly yeah they were just kept saying like the, the planet of the apes like random <laughs> lines it, I think it was Crow that kept like trying to get that joke to land and we're just like it's not funny the first time
5: yeah, yeah it was painful
1: okay yeah. that this is why the Megalon episode is funnier
3: like it's right. been a very long time since I saw the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version right. of it I mean like, I need to watch that if if I find it available on stream. I mean, I'll
4: I'll help you with that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not very easy to find because of the rights issue. Right, right. Uh,
1: well, fun fact: When this was originally supposed to be a Kong movie, the title is kind of awesome. It was going to be called Operation
3: Robinson Crusoe. King Kong versus Eberra.
1: Yep. <laughs> okay. Operation Robinson Crusoe. And then they and then they changed it to, uh, the Japanese title I think is Big is a uh, Big Duel in the South Seas.
4: Yeah, which it, was
1: supposed to be the title for the sequel to 100 Shot 100 Killed. Hmm. So that's why when we talk about the James Bond elements, it's interesting that there are some very James Bondian things in there. So there some people think maybe they were going to make a sequel and they just put some of, that, some of those ideas into this. Oh. Yeah. Which would explain a lot of the shenanigans.
8: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so many sh- shenanigans. But uh, one last thing that I wanted to talk about really briefly here. And we've been hinting at it a lot with them changing the setting. And the, this was definitely made on a lower budget compared to the previous movies. Things were changing pretty drastically for Japan culturally at the time people were just not going to the movies as much at this point. And the studios were trying to respond to that as best they could. And there are several factors. I'm just going to outline them really quick just to let everybody know why this was changing. One was a lot of people in Japan were moving from the city to the suburbs, which was also happening in the United States at the time. And, since movie theaters were typically in the city, they the attendance was dropping because people had to drive farther, yeah, to get to, to, the, get theater. to the theater.
4: Yeah,
1: so location, location, location. Yep, and that's which works. is also true in places like Indiana, because you, you're if you're in smaller towns and smaller cities, you have to drive to the other side of the county to go to the movies.
5: Right,
3: a lot of times. And that's where at the same time that 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 television is starting to. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm going to get to that here in a in a in a moment here. But television was another was a huge factor. That's the one that people talk about the most. But you also had demographic changes. At this point, it was younger people who were going to the movies. Hence why we see that shift here, because we have a bunch of really young actors. In fact, June Fukuda was known at this point, not for doing Godzilla and science fiction films, he was doing a series of movies called young guys, which were comedies like college comedies.
6: Mm.
1: So you know, he worked really well with young actors. And why we saw them here, which I, why I think having Takarata was a really good idea because he's the more seasoned guy. So because of that, you're seeing either young people go to the movies or parents would take their kids, drop them off. So if you're lucky, they might, buy tickets to go in with the kids. So you're potentially getting more business there, but that's also why you had stuff like the Gamera movies that are aimed more at children because those are the audience for these kinds of movies at this point. Also, this is a little bit later, but in 1970, believe it or not, the Japanese film industry used the contract system until 1970. It ended in the fifties in the United States which is why you see a lot of the same actors in Toho movies showing up all the time. Takarata at this point, I think had been in uh, four Godzilla films. This was his fourth one because he was contracted with Toho. So he would just, you know, he would get work there, but you know, the contract system ended so they couldn't keep as many of the actors around. And in 1970, the Japanese film industry went into a little bit of a collapse because of that and some other factors. 1970 was not a good year for Japanese movies. Kurosawa tried to kill himself. Eiji Tsuburaya died. There, was, uh, there really weren't all that many movies released in Japan in 1970. It was a bad year. <laughs> it was a very bad year for, for everybody in the Japanese film industry. But the big thing was they advent of television. Because now people could watch movies on TV at home. You didn't have to drive to the theater. Right. And now you had stuff like Ultra Q and Ultraman on TV. So people could see Kaiju every week on TV. They didn't have to go to a movie a couple times a year. It's like how superheroes have been for the longest time in the United States. They're everywhere. And now people are getting kind of sick of them. And then... Another thing is when you have a series that goes on, a, f- a series of films that goes on this long, you have to start changing things, or people are just not going to keep going. Hence, why there is this massive tonal shift. Hence, why Godzilla went from villain to hero, because you have to change it. And a lot of times, when you make changes like that, the audience for it will change. Yep. Yeah. And then there was also not only, and then you had competition. Mm-hmm. From foreign films, especially American films. At this point, it's not so much true anymore in Japan, but in the 60s, American films were incredibly popular in Japan. Hmm. Very, very popular. In fact, the year after this, there was a Bond movie called You Only Live Twice, which had a couple of Toho actresses appear in it as Bond girls. <laughs> and Toho foot the bill for some of it because they filmed in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, they had Akiko Wakabayashi and Mie Hama, who were both in it. Mie Hama played a
3: character named Kissy Suzuki. The, <laughs> the, the, you talk about the two girls from uh, from the from each Godzilla film, like King Kong versus Godzilla. And, yeah, they
1: were in King Kong versus Godzilla.
3: And Well, no, Mie
1: Hama was, excuse me. So, because of that, and a lot of times those are bigger, more expensive movies. They look more spectacular. So that's giving them a lot of competition. And Japan, especially at this point, really liked American pop culture. It's kind of the funny thing about it, because Americans are fascinated by Japanese pop culture. Yeah. It's
4: <laughs> so
1: true. It's kind of a form of soft power that Japan has by because they export their pop culture so much.
4: No. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, they were starting to do it here. Uh but yeah, definitely by the time you get to the 90s with anime and everything else, more Takasatsu's coming over. They're making all kinds of money off of it. Manga started coming over. And then you also had competition from the other Japanese studios. Because when King Kong versus Godzilla came out in 1962, Toho was the only game in town when it came to that sort of stuff. Yeah. That was the only thing. After that... Everybody's trying to make kaiju movies. 1965 had you had Gamera. This year, which is funny, this came out the same year for another movie that I had you guys on for Gamera versus Bogon. Oh
4: <laughs> Baragon wants to know, do you know where your child is? <laughs> I hate him.
5: <laughs> uh, I, I'm
1: Barragon. I'm a jizzy character.
5: yeah teddy was very sad that he couldn't come and play with the monster friends today oh
1: yeah i bet i bet but yeah because in 1967 every single studio in japan made a kaiju movie there was also a new ultraman show called ultra seven that was on tv toho made two kaiju movies the other studios in japan each made one and there were two kaiju movies in, Korea, in South Korea. That's how nuts this was. It's called the year of the kaiju. So at that point, you have the same audience that is now being divided between multiple options for movies to see and you know the stuff on TV. So they're divvying up the pie. Toho is still the big fish, but now they're not the only fish anymore. Yeah. Now, admittedly, Most of those other studios made one kaiju movie in in 1967, never made another one. You know, he had Nikatsu that made one and it was okay. And then after that, they're like, eh, the money's the real money's in porn. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not kidding. They just went, they made one kaiju movie. And then in the seventies, they're like, eh, the real money's in porn. So they made porn.
5: Already then. (laughs)
1: That thing, but then but Dae they just kept making Gamera movies, so <laughs> and then obviously all of that together led to lower budgets because they're not making as much money. You can't just go in thinking we're going to spend less money and make more money. It doesn't really work like that. So this is the point where that is, you're really starting to see that shift in the Godzilla series. We're got, we're getting younger actors, so this was meant more for like a teen and young adult audience, and then the closer you get to the end of the 60s, the more they start gearing them toward kids. Gamera's series was geared toward kids basically from the get-go. Godzilla had to work
3: his way there. Yeah, we we need to give Gamera a chance because no one even cares about Gamera. Like... I care about Gamera, but only what he did in
1: the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Well, and The Brave. I do like Gamera of the Brave. That was 2006. Yeah, I remember watching. One of the
3: few kaiju movies that nearly made me cry. Wow. Yep. I remember watching that for the first time after I got the Arrow video collection.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I'll show you you guys Gamera of the Brave sometime. Because it's actually a Showa Gamera movie, but good. Mm -mm. so there are kenny's in them but they're not obnoxious they're actually kind of wonderful anyway we'll talk about that later (laughs) all right that actually was a much more fun conversation than i was anticipating i need to have you guys on more often brendan
3: you need to come on more often oh yeah i definitely do i guess because I've been on my channel lots of times, host me and the host out on my show, and I had some special guests with that 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 we all know mm-hmm. at G Fest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just had Alyssa on your show, actually. Yes, I did, not too long ago, and she did an amazing job on the Hedera episode.
1: Yeah, that's her favorite movie of all time: <laughs> Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a weird one. Speaking yeah. of weirdos, there are people who give me money for the show and they need shout-outs. Don't hate
4: me. Great segue. Go show a cool
1: Travis Alexander. <laughs>
4: Michael Hamilton.
5: Danny Demana.
4: Eli Harris. <laughs> Chris Cook! And Bex from Redeemed Otaku.
5: Damon Doys! The self-cast.
1: Eric Anderson of Nerd
4: Chapel! And special guest, Ted Williams.
5: Winja the Ninja. Hi-ya! Oh,
4: you do
1: that enough, you'll get a black belt. <laughs> So, really quickly, to let everybody know, we got some fun stuff coming up in our next couple of episodes. Amerikaiju, our main series for Season 3, will continue with its penultimate episode. Our penultimate episode, which will be over Rampage, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> the Rock says, you will listen to M.I.F.E. <laughs> and I will be joined by my friend, Alex McCumbers, who is the host of the Forever Classic Games podcast? And he's a gaming journalist. He and I have an interesting history. We used to work on the same magazine together.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're-I'm just gonna take over because Nate's taking too long. And then we have another guest for the Monster Island film, the Max Patreon sponsored episode with from Michael Hamilton, who also requested that Danny Damana be on the episode two. We'll be discussing the five episodes of the obscure cartoon. Dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, there you go, there you go. And I also have a bonus episode at the end of the month for Zillafoot because I have two friends who were in it. Some of the schlockiest things you've ever seen. One of the schlockiest things you've ever seen.
4: I, I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad stuff in my. Do day. you want
1: to see what happens if Godzilla and Kong have a baby and fight an Ultraman? Do you want to see something called Velocipaster? I've been <laughs> subjected to that. <laughs> I have survived Velocipaster. I need that t-shirt. I survived Velocipaster.
4: VFX of car burning, but nothing actually shown on screen. Exactly. Best visual effects ever. I don't know if that was a joke or not.
5: One will never know.
1: Well, the world will never know. Anyway, and now we come to the all-important, shameless self-promotion. So. Check out my author website, NathanJSMarchand.com. Listen to my other podcast, Henshin Men, which is about Henshin Heroes, and The Power Trip, A Journey Through the Power Rangers franchise, which I co-host with Michael Hamilton. I'm done. Brendan,
3: this is your time to shine, man. And and this this is Brendan Morley here from Autistic Lizard Productions. Check out my YouTube channel and go and like and subscribe to it for for more of my new podcast episodes coming soon. And... And and I want to say that it was been great of being on your show, Nathan. Thank thank you so much for having yeah. me.
1: It was a pleasure having you on. And also, everyone should go check out your fan art, and the you you do some other things on the channel as well. You've made some trailers and fun stuff like that.
3: Yeah, and well, I'm I used to make trailers, but I'm starting to make some slideshows and that's- oh, slideshows, yes. Yeah, to show my artwork.
1: Mm-hmm. And everybody, get this kid up to 1,000 subscribers. He is perilously close. Yes. He is perilously Go- close. He's within five of 1,000
3: subscribers. Yeah, yeah, I'm up to 1,000. Go subscribe to my channel. and Yeah, he, he's, he needs to get to that milestone.
1: I will have a link to his channel in the show notes. All right.
5: Wait, wait, wait. I have a shout out.
1: I, I shameless. I was about to. I was just about okay, to transition okay, to you. Okay. I was about to segue, and you interrupted the segue. You killed the segue. Congratulations, you now are a segue murderer. The
4: segway's neck.
5: Okay, well, segue to the segue.
1: You murdered the segue. Just talk.
5: Fine. Okay. <laughs> Segway so my... killer. Well, okay. So I'm I married s- a Segway killer. <laughs> That was that was actually really good, Joe. Oh crap! Ah, I hit the wrong button. Let me try that again. You failed this podcast. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Jet. Commentary from
1: the robot. I can barely understand. All right,
5: all right. (laughs) Silence. I kill you. I. Use duct tape to cover your mouth. Um, Okay, and hands. Um. (laughs) Stop it! No touchy.
4: Do your promotion.
5: I'm trying, but you're oh, very distracting. Hashtag
1: off the rails.
5: Okay. You guys
3: make sh- me laugh a lot.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, so shameless promotion, ballroom dancing. I know we talked a little bit. Actually, it was so funny because I was like thinking about this on my way to the island. I was like, that's what I want to, you know, promote. Because believe it or not, gentlemen. Girls actually really do like it when a guy does know how to dance, and it's really fun. And you could do like if you go to a studio that does showcases, you could showcase things you find popular, like your 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 whole thing with monsters.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Nate knows this because he's done some like that,
4: mm-hmm. and
5: it is a lot of fun. And you should totally try it because and you'll
4: get the stamina to do a dance off for three days.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, it, it, can you know. can you win a yacht
5: for three days? I don't know, but I sure as heck would try, and then I'd probably sell it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you live in Indiana; it's landlocked.
4: <laughs> My family's on around Lake Erie, so we could it's, use
5: it. I was gonna say it's like two yeah. hours to like the Michigan. Or the Lake
4: like, Michigan, the Great Lakes. Yeah,
5: yeah, yes. Words, those things.
1: Words and geography, things
5: and science. Science, science. Yes. Not a we lot of science. Actually,
1: that, this is a movie that doesn't have like reporters and scientists and military guys in it. Well, they
5: do. They do. But they're, uh, they're the but bad
1: they're, guys. But, they're the, yeah. But
5: the heroes aren't the, to, aren't like, that. Do anything about anything.
1: Right. Right. They're so, the terrorists who don't do anything. <laughs>
5: Nuclear <laughs> physicists who don't do anything.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to meme. We are the terrorists who don't do anything. You're going to no. have a whole lot of memeing today. Oh, I'm going to have so much memeing to do. So right, Jeff, many meme. Is that it? Yes. Are, are
4: we done? Are we done? I'm done. Are you-, you can catch out my show, my show, The Muppet Show, on Disney+. Plus. All the old episodes are there. There's also Muppets for Now, now <laughs> our, our newer one. Yeah, all the episodes are there for now. You never know when Disney is going to try and censor us. Um, yeah. And yeah, that, that's all I got for now.
1: All right. Well, it was a pleasure having all of you on for this movie. It was a lot of the uh, let's just say all of the uh, tourists who were listening to this live got s- some very entertaining material that <laughs> only the patrons are going to hear off of this island. <laughs> so join M I F Max on Patreon to- mm-hmm. for just. $3 a month <laughs> starting and you can get fun little things like the shout outs we just did.
4: For just $3 a month. You can help <laughs> this poor starving stranded Monster Island Film Vault
1: curator.
3: <laughs> 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 Please help me. <laughs> and this is a really fun episode. We did, we did talk about the Ebra or the D. That's one of my favorite. And mm. this episode is like This is more like a, like a voice impression comedy. (laughs) It feels, I gotta say it
1: feels like it. And before it really starts coming off the rails again, well, it's not Jimmy. So jet cue the credits. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the monster Island film vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at beback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at monsterislandfilmvault and on Twitter, where our handle is at the Monster Isla One. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASAJimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from tylerdrawscomics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrano, and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and... The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and/or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara!
0: Hello again, kaiju lovers! I saw a little bit of the next part of our Crystal Lady story myself, but most of it I had to piece together from Jess and a bit from Nate. So, late that night, Jessica returns to her quarters after having to work overtime. Thanks to time zones, I video call her during my lunch break at work. When she answers on her tablet, she's in her Sailor Moon bathrobe and wrapping her hair in a towel. It had been a while since I'd seen the blonde locks she hides under her colorful wigs. Her room is plastered with posters from every anime ever. And there are a few towers of manga guarded by some Sanrio plushies on her bed. And that's just what I could see on the screen. I've taught my little Kohai well. Anyway, she flips on some music to help herself relax.
2: Bexie, it was awful! I soaked in soapy water in my tub for over an hour! And I still can't get the smell out. I'm gonna need boiling bleach! Wow, that sucks. But at least you're working
0: and can stay on the island. No thanks to Baca. Now, Jess, he wouldn't have needed to fess up if you hadn't conspired to free Ymir.
2: I was helping a horribly mistreated creature. Don't make this my fault! I'm not. But Nate- Baca! Oh, now you're interrupting people to correct them, too? It's only fair. If he finally calls me his sister, maybe I'll use his real name again. You know why he did it, Jess. It wasn't easy for him. He told me so. He needs to leave the superheroing to professionals, like me. Were you going to do anything about Winter? Well, no, but is he really
0: that bad? From what ni- uh, your brother tells me, he's greedier than he is power mad. There are worse things, like a creepy mothra cult. While we're on the topic, did you ever figure out what that blood-sucking bug lady meant when she called you... What was it?
2: Um, oh, an unworthy heir? I've... I've been talking with Gary to jog his memory about that. I bet you have. Shut up! But he says all he can sort of remember is researching the Elias. A bizarre Mothra cult wanting to know more
0: about Mothra's tiny twin priestesses is hardly news. Maybe I should ask them about it. You should. Or is Gary wanting to chat with you more? I'll have you know, he... Jess glances over to her left. It's about time you came home, Mimo! She stands up, taking her tablet with her, and walks to the window overlooking the well-lit Monsterland Resort in the distance from a few stories up. Mimo's face hangs upside down at the top of the window. He taps the glass with his antenna. Jess opens the window, and her supernatural animal companion crawls inside.
2: Whoa, 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 slow down, boy. What's going on? Oh, no. Bex, we'll have to finish our chat later. Why? What do you say? That someone is stealing Mothra DNA at Monarch Outpost 83. This is a job for Crystal Lake. Oh. Why am I talking like Baka again? Fight for love. And for justice. See you, senpai.
0: According to Jess, here's where it starts to get crazy. As she snaps her crystal moth barrette in her hair, she says,
2: Okay, Mimo, there's no time to lose. Let's do this like we practiced.
0: (laughs) Mimo floats out the window, and Jess jumps on top of him, posing just like a surfer to balance herself. Hi-ho, Mimo! But, as Mimo shoots forward with his magic wings, Jess stumbles and ends up laying on his back and clutching his fur for dear life. Ah! Thankfully, it only took a few minutes to reach the outpost. From what Nate told me, someone with clearance was able to get past security and acquire an entire suitcase of Mothra DNA samples. Since Mimo is a mini-Mothra, get it? He sensed this happening and flew to the outpost. He saw someone standing on the roof and flew back to tell Jessica. It would have made sense to tell the EDF mutant security team what was happening, but it was a good thing they didn't. Trust me. Anyway, Mimo lands on the outpost roof and just leaps off his back and points at the person
2: holding the suitcase near the edge. Hey! Hey! Who do you think you are stealing the queen of the monster's precious blood?
0: The thief looks over her shoulder and turns around to face Jess.
2: <gasps> That's the girl I saw in Baca's office this morning! <laughs> the mob-priester told me you would come. Oh no! Oh yes, ha! <laughs> the young woman's
0: business attire vanishes to reveal a dark gray ninja outfit. A pair of black speckled wings pop out of her back. She pulls a balaclava over her
2: face. I am the not-falter's chosen member of the transformed, Daggermoth. You mean a bug lady. Daggermoth reaches for her
0: wings and tears off pieces of her scales that form into knives. You'll die for that sass. Jess taps her barrette, raises her hand, and exclaims, SHINE CRYSTAL LADY! But as the crystal cocoon forms around Jess, Daggerhawk throws her wing blades at her. Instantly, Mimo flies in front of Jess. He screams as the dagger pierces his wings, and he falls to the ground. A few seconds later, Jess bursts from the cocoon as Crystal Lady, but she lays her wand aside and bends down to cradle her wounded companion. <gasps> Mimo don't you play hero too! <coughs> Jess hears Dagger Moth rip more scales from her wings and looks up just in time to see the Bug Lady charging at her. <coughs>
2: Luminous, Luminous Crystal, crystal Moth,
0: Moth Shield! Jess calls as she raises her wand and rotates it to form a circular energy shield in front of herself. The crazy cultist slashes and stabs at Crystal Lady's shield in a flurry of attacks just saw cracks form in the barrier. Daggermoth crosses her blades and thrusts them at the shield, shattering it. Crystal Lady groans as the weapons puncture her armored costume. Be a good magical girl and die quietly. As Crystal Lady collapses, she hears a quiet engine hum and sees lights from some sort of aircraft as it hovers at the edge of the roof. Ah,
2: my right is here. Now I will deliver Mothra's DNA to the not falter, and he will make even more powerful sisters for me.
0: Crystal Lady reaches for her wounded companion.
2: Mimo! Those daggers were dulled by my shield, so so I I only have flesh wounds, but I, I still can't get up. Use your antenna beams t- t- to stop her. Yumo <coughs>
0: fires. His beams hit Daggermoth in the back as she hands the DNA canister to someone on the aircraft. The Bug Lady turns around, tears scales from her wings, and deflects the yellow lasers with her weapons. But the aircraft flies away behind her back.
2: No, come back. I can't fly back to
0: Ralysica. <laughs> Mimo's lasers slice into thinner portions of Dagermoth's wings. She glares at Crystal Lady with burning eyes. I'll show you why they call me the Diamond Cutter. <laughs> the screaming bug lady rushes at Jess, and a wombat, holding a wiffle bat, suddenly jumps in front of her.
8: Back off, butterfly knight! Or Whatever your name is.
2: Gary? I I mean, Whambat? Out of my... You just hit me with a whiffle bat. And it actually hurt a little.
8: I'm as surprised as you are.
2: Crystal Lady seizes
0: this opportunity to stand. Where was I again? Out of my... Wait! Now, Jewel Girl, I'm... Crystal Lady front-kicks Daggermoth in the stomach, and pushes her back.
2: How dare you hit that poor little sidekick! That's the last straw! Jess holds her wand high, and whispers to herself, I haven't used this technique in a while. SPARKLY GLITTER STORM!
0: She spins her wand to summon an electrified tornado around herself. Then she aims her wand at Daggermoth, and the tornado shoots towards her! Curse you! Ah! The tornado swallows Daggermoth, and she spins inside until magical lightning bolts strike her, and she.
2: Gary! Gary, are you hurt?
8: Uh, I'd say my ego's bruised, but I don't have one. Thankfully, the padding in my suit's headpiece absorbed most of the hit.
2: Oh, good. I was hoping that she either hit like a girl or you had a thick skull.
8: Uh, she definitely doesn't hit like a girl. And I'm not a bonehead.
2: Well, well yeah, I, I know that, or else I... You still have your phone in your super suit?
8: Yeah, why wouldn't I?
2: Just grab it so I can hear what my arch-nemesis has to say now. In our moment.
8: Let me see. Where where did
0: I put that? Oh, here, here it is. On Gary's phone is Jess's nemesis, wearing his usual gaudy Mothra mask and with his scantily clad consort at his feet.
7: Hello, people of Monster Island. It is I, Moth Priester Herzog Jerry Noctwalter, the leader of the Church of Mothriannity. One of my transformed has slipped past your walls and acquired the DNA of our Goddess, Mosura, and delivered it to us. Your blasphemous heroine, Crystal Lady, denied us Mosura's egg. But now, we have received what was rightfully ours as the true children of the Goddess, the life essence of Mosura. For with this, we shall be cocooned until we hatch transformed. And now, with this, we shall be stronger than ever. Isn't that right, Luna? Yeah, Master. <laughs> it is only a matter of time before we are strong enough to shatter the bars with which you have imprisoned our goddess. She will usher in a new age of blissful oneness. No more oppression. No more pain. We, the Church of Most Reality, will not stop until paradise has come and the heathens are destroyed. My beautiful warrioress, Dagamar, will be immortalized as a harbinger of worldwide metamorphosis. The day of metamorphosis is upon us. Mosura, yup, Mosura. At least he's half
2: right this time. daggermoth did get the Mothra DNA to her weirdo friends.
8: Well, the scientists won't be happy about that.
2: Which means poor Mimo might get poked and prodded more. Oh, Mimo! Are you okay, pretty boy? Don't worry. If I have to kiss where it hurts to make it all better, I will.
8: Are you talking to me or the big bug?
2: Oh, uh, um, why were you even here, Gary?
8: I worked late at the law office, and was on my way back to my quarters when I saw the flashing lights from your fight. Raymond says I need more superhero experience, so... I changed into my Wambat costume in the photo booth and ran up here.
2: That's so brave of you.
8: Wait, you're not mad at me for trying to help?
2: No, I like your dedication to the superhero code.
8: Hold on, there's a code?
2: Oh, you know, truth, justice, and the American way.
8: That's Superman, and technically Monster Island IS in Japanese territory.
2: Well, it doesn't need to have borders to-
8: Jessica, I-, I think you're rambling because you're tired. We've both had a rough day, so let's just go get some sleep.
2: Yeah, sure, but could you walk me home? I can't carry poor little Mimo by myself. Mimo? Huh?
8: Huh? Hush. Sure, I-, I think we live in the same building anyway. We do? Yeah, I, I, I never talk about it because I, I'm rarely there, thanks to Raymond.
2: Well, uh, come say hi next time you're there.
8: Sure. Anyway, uh, let, let, let's just go.
0: <laughs> the two superheroes lift Mimo on their weary shoulders, and he instinctively wraps his wings protectively around them. It takes a little while to walk home, but Jess obviously didn't mind. She loses a lot of sleep that night, but she is surprisingly chipper the next day at her hated job. But that is a story for another time. Sayonara!